Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. This episode of Pardes from Jerusalem features Rabbi Dr. Mish Hammer Kasoy on Parashat Vayikra. Be sure to catch other members of the Pardes faculty and the learning they have to offer before Passover by downloading the Pardes Daily app. You can participate in the Passover challenge and explore multiple Jewish practices and texts to engage in the holiday. It is still not too late to get started. Please visit www.pardes.org.il forward slash Pardes Daily. And now, here is Rabbi Dr. Mish Hammer Kasoy. Named this week's Parsha class because I want to. The semi-regimented spiritual models of Olot, Menachot, and Zevach Shlamim. The Gemara in Brachot shares the famous Machloket disagreement, Itmar, Rabbi Yossi, Bar Rabbi Hanino Mer, Tfilot Avot Tiknum, Rabbi Yoshobin Levi Amar, Tfilot Keneged Tmidim Tiknum. Rabbi Yossi Bar, Hanina, Bar Rabbi Hanina says the Tfilot were. Um, were decreed by the forefathers, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Each of them um, spontaneously was moved to David um, morning, eve, afternoon, and evening. Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi suggests that the tefillot were actually decreed um, in correspondence to the daily tamid sacrifice. Um, and, uh, and this disagreement in some ways is setting up a, a set of binaries. Um, either the tefillah is something that's spontaneous um, and heartfelt and ancient, or it is a, um, or it's something that's fixed and ritualistic and predictable. Um, a disagreement between keva and kavanah. And of course, the answer to this spiritual binary is yes, we want tefillot to be both something that is um, that comes from the heart that's a response to the actual conditions of the day, um, that um, that is that's moved by the circumstances, and we also want it to be fixed, ritualistic, predictable, communal. Um, and that's very powerful. The rabbis put the tamid offering front and center, which is it's an offering that's communal, that's obligatory, and that's two times daily. And this is the central model um, from the rabbinic perspective for spiritual expression as it manifests in prayer. But in Sefer Vayikra, we think about korbanot from a different perspective, at least we start off um, in, in our Parsha with each of the chapters describes a major category of offerings. The first chapter is about the olah, the burnt offering. The second chapter about, the, about menachot, the flower offerings. The, uh, the third chapter is about the zevach shlamim, the peace offerings. And then it goes on to speak about the chatat and the asham. So Unlike the tamid, which are um, which is a communal offering, all of the offerings in this week's parsha are actually personal offerings. They're individual offerings. 
they're equally regimented. Uh, the Torah d d tells, directs us specifically which animals and which parts are they supposed to be offered, um, where they should be offered, and how they should be offered. But there's also an if. It's not when you offer, it's not that you must twice a day offer a tamid sacrifice, but rather when you have a mitzvah that you're interested in doing, it's a good thing to offer a, a zevach shlamim or an olah. And when you get around to doing it, this is how you go about doing it, should you so choose to do it. These offerings are the, the, the opening three chapters, the olah, the menachot, and the zevach shlamim. All of them deal with midachot. They are voluntary offerings. Um, a totally different model of spirituality. Neither the ta neither the tabid nor the avot. It's not exactly spontaneous, like Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, who rise and feel called to prayer um, and pray from their hearts whatever came to them at the time. But yet, it's also entirely different from the tamid sacrifice. Um, offering, which was communal and regimented. This one was voluntary. And so it's natural that in the context of the, of the Nidava offering, that there are choices within the choice. That is to say, there's different types, the Ola, the Menachot, or the Zevach Shlamim. The Ola, and each of them also within the model of individual offerings, um, of Nidava offerings are different types of Nidava offerings. For instance, the Ola. The Ola is a burnt offering. It's all about Hashem. It's pure transcendence, selfless. It's a sacrifice which has no focus, no benefit for the individual who's bringing the offering. Um, it's, there's no physical pleasure for that person. It's just the individual who's bringing the offering, trying to make a move um, to offer something for Hashem. Now that Ola sacrifice, uh, offering can come at multiple pr price points. You can choose whatever's appropriate to you. Um, and at the end, if, um, if the sacrifice, if the animal offering is too expensive, you could even choose to bring a flower offering. Um, in, as described in chapter two. So you can have an, uh, the Ola, which is a burnt offering, or the Mincha, which is also a burnt offering, is grand and performative. Um, or it could be simple, and it's just the thought that counts. On the other hand, you've got the, ca the case of the Zevach Shlamim. The Zevach Shlamim is a different model. There, the uh, a portion of the offer of the animal is offered up on the Mizbeach, on the altar, and a portion is given to the Kohen. But most of the most of the offering is actually the prerogative of the person who's making the offering to eat within a fixed limited amount window. And thus, in order to make sure that it's consumed within the amount of time available, usually shared with friends and family. Um, so this is a spiritual encounter, which has 
what the Gemara calls shte achilot. It can be it's it's eaten both by God and by the humans um, who are bringing the offering. It's shared. Um, it's and that's a completely different spiritual experience. Now we're talking about an experience which is physical, celebratory, shared, community building. It is a community building that helps you to reach Hashem. So, so our so Sefer Vayikra is offering up, uh, offering up three different models for how to um, how to connect with God. Um, Deuteronomy 16 has a sort of twist on the narrative. There it says, Shalosh Panim Bishana, Yer Echos Horchat Pne Hashem Lukecha, Bumakomashir Yifhar, the Chagamatso, Bechagashvuo, Bechagasukot, Lo Yer Epne Hashem Rekam. Three times a year on the, fe- the Feast of Unleavened Bread, on the Feast of Weeks, and on the Feast of Booths, all of your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place that God will choose. They shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Rather, each will come with his, with their own gift, according to the blessing that the Lord your God has bestowed upon you. In the um, in Devarim, in the case of Aliyah Regal, the pilgrimage festivals, the optional is no longer is has has been partially removed. Now there's a time that you have to show up, um, and of course, if you're showing up to meet God, you can't show up empty-handed. But yet the option remains. You can bring an offering of whatever your heart and your pocketbook desires. Not surprisingly, the rabbis get into the details. And there, what they demand is that you select something from each section of the menu. uh, And that there should be a minimum cover charge. Mishnah Chagiga 1-2 suggests. Beit Shammai says that the burnt offering um, brought on a pilgrimage festival should be worth at least two silver coins, and the the Chagiga, the festival peace offering, must be worth at least one silver coin. Beit Hillel, on the other hand, says the opposite. The burnt offering, which here is called the Riya, is supposed to be worth a single silver coin, while the Chagiga, which is the Zevach Shlamim offering, has to be given, should be worth at least two silver coins. So just to say that, make sure that that was clear. Both Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel think that you have to bring both types of sacrifices. You have to bring a Ola and you have to bring a Zevach Shlamim. And the question is a question of how much do you have to spend minimally on each of them? Where Beit Shammai says that you have to spend twice the amount um, on your minimum Ola offering, um, and Beit Hillel says you should spend tw- you should emphasize um, the Zevach Shlamim with twice the amount of the Ola. So those familiar with the approaches of Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai are probably not that surprised. Beit Shammai, of course, is prioritizing the the divine-centered approach, the approach where the 
the experience is experience focused entirely on God, where Beit Hillel is focusing on something that on the on the type of offering which is a shared offering, an offering where humans take part in the eating, an offering which is communal. For both of them, there's choice. Um, you have to bring some of both, and you can decide how much to spend on each of them. But each of them, Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai, tilt their hands to which spiritual experience they perceive as primary. Now the Mishnah continues. Um, if you've got a lot of people people in your family um, and a small amount of property, then you bring a lot of zevach shlamim and very few olot, the burnt offerings, right? You emphasize the communal, the offerings that you eat, and you um, and you de-emphasize the, the burnt offerings that you don't get a chance, that are not eaten by humans at all, but are just eaten by, um, are burnt on the Mizbeach, uh, as if to be eaten by Hashem. Um, and if you have a lot, but if you have a lot of property, um, if you've got, and you don't have a lot of people to feed, then you can emphasize the uh, the burnt offerings and bring and spend less on the zevach shlamim on the peace offerings that you would eat. Um, if you've got, um, if you don't have a lot of eaters and you don't have a lot of, um, nor do you have a lot of property, then you spend the minimum amount. Um, if you've got if you've got a lot in plentitude in both directions on that, it says every person should give what, what they're able to, everyone according to the blessing that the Lord of God has given you. So what you see here is the sense is really an articulation that every person is different, has different needs, different inclinations, and different gifts. And a person should follow their heart and give wherever their heart leads them. For me, this is an incredibly powerful model of regimented spiritual choice. There's a menu of options, a variety of, of, of avenues, all of which lead to connection and approach and encounter with the divine. All of them are personal, they're individual, and they're opt-in, but all of them are also regimented. There's a way to make each of these approaches, to offer these korbanot, but within the menu that's being offered in the first three chapters of Vayikra, you can select the one that, that best resonates with you. In my mind, this could serve as an additional model for each of us in our individual spiritual pursuits, in addition to the tamid offering that the rabbis um, put as central um, in their in tefillah. Some of us might connect with with Rabbi Nach, Nachman of Bratzlav's Hit Bodadut, 
being alone and speaking to God in the forest or a deep solitary study, while others of us might thrive and get the strongest spiritual connection in chavrut or in class. Some hit their stride while visiting the nursing home and others feel more connected while feeding the hungry. Each of us is invited to pick a mitzvah that we can do with which we can find our connection and to do that mitzvah ad hasof. To the nines. What makes this service heartfelt is that the service is freely given by you. Mind you, this is not in place of obligation. The Torah goes on to legislate that um, that the communal tamid or holiday and holiday offerings, and there's plenty of other types of offerings as well. Offerings for occasions for occasions in life, for healing, for childbirth. And the close of our Parsha, which is about missteps and how to gain atonement for um, our wrongdoings. We still have to show up for plenty of obligations. We have to pay our synagogue dues, our taxes, do our Torah nut. However, this is the model that Vayikra, that the book of Leviticus puts front and center. The idea of choosing to do something that we want to do um, and then doing it in the best way that we possibly can. Halachic rabbinic Jews, in my mind, tend to get caught up in obligation, in the regular fixed prayer which is required. And what the beginning of what these opening chapters of Vayikra are doing is telling, uh, reminding us that we need to infuse that prayer with Kavanah. As Rabbi Eliezer says, how sets filatokeva ain't filatotachnunim. If everything we do is fixed and obligatory, then it's not really supplications. It's not really coming from the heart. How can we make space in our lives for a nidava, for, a, for, a, for an offering that's truly voluntary, um, and for finding a nidava that's authentic to us? So I summarize. We are long accustomed to seeing Korbanot as a model for spirituality in general, and tefillah in particular, as, in, as expressed in Brachot 26, connected to Midim, Tiknum. They were the tefillah, the three prayer services were decreed uh, to correspond to the Tamid. But Sefer Vayikra actually opens with a different model. It opens with a model which is Dafka, specifically um, individual offerings, not communal offerings, and specifically voluntary offerings, not obligatory offerings. And this opening suggests the power of an offering that's just that, offered from the heart and not from obligation, offered by an individual and not from the whole community. Um, and because it's a choice, it's a choice that can take a variety of forms. May we be blessed to find a giving spirit and to channel that spirit into ways which feel, um, which allow us to make an offering which is truly authentic to ourselves. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you again for downloading this podcast, a production of the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. You can also subscribe to our other podcast channels by visiting us on Spotify or online at elmod.pardes.org. 
Tune in next week to listen to Tova Leah Nachmani as she discusses Parashat Tzav. Thanks for listening.